I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. Welcome to the one and only show called Exploring the Prophetic on the Internet. And I say it that way because... I don't know that there's any other show that people are just telling prophetic stories just to give you a glimpse into what hearing from God can look like in different industries in different parts of the world. And today on the show, I have Robbie Dawkins. Some of you would know Robbie because he was part of some of Darren Wilson's films, which were Finger of God, Father of Lights, Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost Reborn, these kinds of films. He was in a lot of these. And so he was followed for some of the supernatural connections he had with people on the streets, people in gangs, people in Afghanistan. And it just really showed this vulnerable, awesome guy who's a fifth generation pastor, grew up, you know, uh, all over the place, but had huge early start in ministry, really taking risks from a young age, loving Jesus. I think it was like 12 years old. He became a youth minister. Oh no, it says 16 on his notes. And he goes after people with so much love, but with a transformational mindset that's been leading him to go into some of the most dangerous places in the world, like Afghanistan, like Iran. And just knowing that he's uh, this big, jolly white man with all these sons and him and his wife have this incredible just love for people, you know, was in the Chicago area forever in Aurora and goes from that kind of a life into wanting to see God change the world in a real way. And so God began to speak to him at different places he was supposed to go. And today I wanted to have him specifically on the show today because I wanted him to tell us about Afghanistan and Iran, although there's so many other things he and his wife are doing, but those are two of the most important things right now because they're going to be building uh, a school and it's going to start with events where they bring in uh, you know, a thousand pastors at a time in Iran, which it just doesn't happen. There's not even, they're not even allowed to gather in groups of larger than a certain amount in some of these parts of the, the world where he's going. He's not going um, in the safe parts. He's going into places that you get in a little trouble for if you don't go with God. So I just wanted you to hear about it because he's already been going to Afghanistan since 2017 and having incredible fruit and salvations on the streets, people getting healed, things happening that we know uh, in our own personal ministry, because we engage conflict zones and war zones, and these kinds of things have, we're on the board of several ministries that are in these kinds of areas. And we know how hard it is and how, when you're being not covert, but you're being overt and, and bringing pastors into a place where they can actually learn how to share their faith. And what would normally take 14 years takes a minute. That's a big deal. So uh, Robbie is fearless and he has so much going on in his life right now. But two of the things I wanted to point out is that he has books on his website that you're going to love. And he also has been in these movies from Darren Wilson, Furious Love, Father of Lights, Holy Ghost Reborn, and Finger of God 2. His book, uh, Do What Jesus Did, was just released a few years ago and has you know, been on the bestseller list in several countries. But I love his other book, Identity Thief, which was uh, just released a couple years ago as well. And then his most recent book is Do Greater Things, and I love this book. I've read this book for him before it came out just to review it. And I was like, yes, it just gave me so much faith. And, and when we're exploring the prophetic, we have to have faith that the prophetic and hearing God is going to change things for, for people around us, for our own lives. But it's going to change things for the world. It's going to change systems. It's going to change politics. It's going to change atmospheres. And, and he just goes into this in such a beautiful way. But uh, I'm so glad that we have him on today because as we go into the stories, I want you to think about your life and taking steps 
of radical obedience now that may lead you 10 years from now into missions that you don't even know you're going to go on. Like I think of Robbie, he never knew he was going to go to the Middle East and have an impact there in the underground church. That was never part of his grid. God didn't warn him about this 25 years ago. It was just a natural progression as he was hearing God in different ways and, and you know, killing the lion and the bear in America, meaning he was doing some powerful things in America like King David, where King David killed a lion and a bear before he went after Goliath. He was just doing what was organic to him in a spiritual walk with God and loving people, you know, coming into gang territories in Aurora and getting gang members saved during gang reconciliation, being around some some things that, you know, big white middle-class guys, fifth-generation pastors don't normally do. And yet he did these things as he just followed God. God opened up unusual doors that said, I can use you, Robbie, to love this way. Will you go? And he said, yes. And now it's taken all the way and released. And we can go with him. I'm going to tell you about how we could do that at the very end of how we could send him and be involved because I just think it's so important what he's doing. But I just hope you enjoy this show today. It's going to be so good because he's so full of life and love and awesome stories. Before we get there, here's two offers for you. Hey, your host, Sean Bowles here. I just want to tell you about some of the resources we're carrying right now. You know, the prophetic is something you really have to grow into, and you have to take a deliberate, intentional pursuit to go on this journey to hear God this way. And I've created a devotional. It's a 90-day journey into the prophetic where we take excerpts from books like Translating God and God's Secrets and the other books that I've written, and we put them together with questions that will cause you to reflect on different subjects you may not have ever thought this way before. I want to encourage you to get exploring the prophetic devotional now at a retailer near you. This is so good to be on here. It's so good to be with you, bro. Always, always good. Well, I, I, I really, really, really mean it when I say it's really good to have you on the show because... You uh, and I have a very similar heart as far as empowering people, activating people, and just seeing the real stuff happen, seeing real culture engage. You're going to war zones. You're going to like places not everybody goes to. I mean, we've seen you in you know some of Darren Wilson's movies, like ne- negotiating between gang members. I mean, like the stuff that you and your wife and your kids that, that have taken just a stance of faith towards isn't necessarily the normal human normal, but it's a Christian normal. And I think you're setting a new normal for a lot of Christians, which to me is huge. So thank you for doing that. And thanks for being on the show. Man, I pray that's true. And yeah, it's a great honor. I really appreciate you having me, brother. Well, tell me, kind of give me a frame for what's been going on in this past season. Because you know, a lot of people who are familiar with you, they're familiar because you do training and equipping, you do events and conferences. You also have been in these feature films from Darren Wilson. Tell me like the current, like what's happening with the Dawkins family. Yeah, well, I mean, we've always just been passionate, uh, you know, growing up in my parents' home, they were just always doing things that were out of the box and, and you know, exploring um, different, I mean, it, it always felt like we were these, the hybrid of everything when it <laughs> came to ministry. <laughs> there was never a uh, just the typical, the normal, the cookie cutter ever. And and uh, my dad was very much an entrepreneurial type person and, and always a risk taker, really. My mother was a person, my mom was the real prophetic side, really. Uh, and, and with that very high faith and really relying on the voice of the Lord and just to speak and, and to follow that. So so that sort of set the stage for me. And so it's it's always um, I've always seen that. But recently, um, you know, we just have had just a real heart of like, man, we got to really put that 
thing that guys like John Limber and others have said about how do you spell faith, R-I-S-K, yeah. you know, put that to the test and, and put it out there and really also demonstrate it in front of others. And so, um, you know, when with being on, you mentioned Darren's films, with being on the first one, you know, we were, the one I was in, the Fur- Furious Love, we were going to witchcraft festivals and psychic new age uh, fairs and and uh, you just Darren got had that. Really all seen... of us do. That's everyone cuts <laughs> their teeth on New Age fairs and psychic <laughs> festivals. <laughs> you know, you know what's really funny is I had these three little old ladies in England write me and said, "There's a psychic fair that's coming to our town," and they were like in their sixties and seventies, late sixties and seventies. Um, let me rephrase: younger ladies. Uh, because I'm getting older, but they, they said, we want to do what you did in there. And so I told them, I said, get a booth and go do it and just put free readings and free cleansings. And they did. And they were, they ended up leading three people to Christ. They were giving words of knowledge. They were, they were uh, giving prophetic words. It was amazing. And, and it is, and they're sitting there knitting the whole time. (laughs) One of them, one of them's knitting, one of them's doing cross stitch between people coming up, you know, and doing it. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, this is how it should be. This is it, man. This is what we're moving towards. But yeah, we just, we, we started, you know, with planting our church in uh, Aurora, Illinois, which was one of the, at the time, one of the top 10 most violent cities in the nation. Oh, wow. And, and we saw it change. Um, we saw it uh, turn around. I mean, that didn't happen fast. It was something of just going out. You know, Bill Johnson talks about shifting the atmosphere. And, you know, somebody goes into a store and prays for one person. I think, ah, nothing much happened. I just engaged this one person. That's not true. They actually did shift the atmosphere wow. in that area and in the city. And in the, 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 just the sphere of where they're at, something happened. And we began to see... As we did that, my kids, when they were in high school and in uh, middle school, as, as we would take them out and we would do that, and other people in our church began to join in, we began to see the atmosphere shift. We began to see things uh, change and things begin to happen, and we began to see crime drop. And one of the big things that we did is the Lord spoke to me at one point and told me to study the Gadites. Uh, because we were just seeing blood running in the streets on a daily basis. Wow. I mean, it was bad. We're, our church was in the worst part of town. Um, and everybody was, you know, um, was telling us nobody plants church in those areas. Uh, the vineyard, we were part of the vineyard, and they were telling us we don't even plant churches in those areas. But nice. we began, to, as we began to go out, um, and and I began to say, Lord, I need a strategy. We need a strategy to break the the demonic attack and the the murder that's in this city and the spirit of death that's over the city. And, and, and the Lord spoke to me about studying the Gadites. And when I did, I studied how that the sons of Gad, and I think it was Graham Cook is where I first read this from that um, the sons of Gad, you know, when, when Israel's blessing them, he says, your enemy will grab you by the heel, but you'll turn and grab him by the throat. And and I, I love that because that's when the Bible sounds a little more Vin Diesel than Pollyanna. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Where it's got that, it's more like a man's edge <laughs> totally. at that point. You know, all the guys are like, oh yeah. <laughs> exactly. And so um, I started. I I asked the Lord. I said, well, what does that mean? And He goes, well, you need to work how my you need to see how my revenge works. And and then He took me to a passage where I was reading about Jesus when He heard the word about John the Baptist. Um, you know, getting his head you know, cut off. And, and, and it says, you know, he pulls away from the crowd. He goes, he grieves his cousin, the greatest of all the prophets, you know, he 
he pulls off to a quiet place, but the people found where he was and he came to him and they found him. And it says, Jesus saw the crowd. He was moved with compassion and he healed them all. Mm. And I said, Lord, what was that? And he said, that's my revenge. Oh, wow. He said, that's how I get revenge. And so I went back to our gang members that I had led to the Lord in our church. And I said, how did you guys retaliate? And I said, well, if you did whatever you did to us, we did three times that to you. And if you stole a thousand of our dollars, we're still in three thousand of yours. If another gang member killed one of our guys, we killed three of yours. Wow. And I said, that's our I said, that's our strategy. That's what we're going to do. And they were like, we're going to kill people. We're like, they, we love this church. And I'm like, no, we're not going to kill people. <laughs> I said, what we're going to do is every time there's a drive-by shooting, every time there's a drug deal, every time there's some, a murder, every time there's a rape, we're going to go to the very the very block where it happened, and we're leading at least three people to Christ. Wow. That's I so said, because we are, we are going to tell little Lucy, that's my pet name for Satan, little Lucy. I said, we're going to tell oh little God. Lucy, this city doesn't belong. That's short for Lucifer. This yeah. city doesn't belong to you anymore. And so we started doing that, Sean. And dude, I mean, it started changing. Crime started dropping. The police, chief of police contacted me, and he says, he said, what are you guys doing? He goes, we're seeing you guys come in after we've had a uh, violent crime. And he goes, are you guys doing your own investigation? Oh, and I wow. said, no. I said, we're not that bright. We're not that sharp. And he said, well, he goes, normally crime escalates in an area, but we're... And I said, I said, that is totally because of what we're doing in bringing people to Christ in that area and going out and, you know, sharing, doing healing, uh, giving uh, words, giving prophetic words, ministering to them. And we just began to see crime begin so much so when when it led up to that scene in Father of Lights where Todd and I, my friend Todd White and I were in uh, Father of Lights with the gang members is that had happened because the gangs were starting, they were threatening to start a war because crime had had dropped so dramatically that they didn't have respect in the city anymore. And in gang lingo, fear means respect. Oh, and wow. so if you don't fear me, you don't respect me. Now, let me tell you something. All of this was leading a strategy that I'm using now in the Middle East. Because I began to realize there's not much of a difference between the intimidation tactics and the threats and the violence uh, that would happen there as, as would happen here in an inner city. Wow. Is that a lot of the same intimidation of the Taliban, of ISIS, it, it all works in the same way. And so we begin to... In, in Aurora, we just we, we, we brought them in, we prayed for them, we prophesied to them, and, um, and they all got healed. They all had clear, heard clear words from the Lord, and a result is they all gave their lives to Christ as a result. And the next year, bro, we went a full year without one homicide, a full calendar oh year. Gosh. That had not happened for 66 years. Wow. It did not happen for 60. Yeah, that went out on every major news network around the country. Uh, BBC came and did a segment on with our chief of police and the chief of police from Italy and France, uh, who were they had come to study the police intelligence. And our chief of police said, you cannot just study the police intelligence. He says, you got to study that, that little church uh, that's over on the corner of Root and Galena and what they're doing. He says, because it's changing our city. Wow. And, and so the Chicago Tribune uh, dubbed uh, Aurora the transformation city. And I mean, Aurora's the second largest city in Illinois. So 
everybody knew about the crime and the violence and it rivaled uh, Southside Chicago and many times, you know, with violence. But that launched us into seeing things that we and the, those guys that came in on the movie, the guys from the gangs. Yeah. I mean, those this, two of those guys had threatened to kill me before. They, oh, one of them wow. had shown up to the church with a sawed off shotgun and he was threatening to blow my brains out. And so we had had some times where we really saw God intervene. And I thought, man, if we have this equity, this is just my thinking. If we have this equity in the, in the spirit to, and if faith is really spelled risk, if that's true and faith is risk, then why don't we push that a little bit further? Why aren't we taking this to, you know, um, ISIS held countries, Taliban held countries, why why aren't we uh, pushing to see this into North Korea and and different places where uh, you know South Sudan, different places where it's really violent, uh, and and in Iran, and put it to the test. And 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 I've had the privilege to do that. You know, in in several of those countries, I haven't had it, haven't been to Syria yet, but um, it's uh, but I was right at the border, you know, there. But it's we're we're really beginning to see more and more of those things happen. But in I've done it in Iran, I've done it in Iraq, I've done it in Afghanistan, and man, I've I've seen the Lord just show up and do incredible things as we just go out and trust Him. And well, just, let me let and, me say this because I think you know yeah. we have a team right now in Syria that's building a school and we have, you know, teams in Iraq and, you know, those kinds of things that are, that are, you know, the United Nations will tell you to go leave. They're telling all the local groups don't stay in Afghanistan. They're saying we, you know, get the best, you know, kidnapping insurance you can, all the, we have to tell our teams when they're going over, we have to go through like a 20 page document that you might die, be maimed, get your fingernails cut off, you know, the whole thing. Like we have to go through all the things that have happened. There's a precedence for, and so they release mm-hmm. us of responsibility and they get, you know, insurance. And, and it's, it's, we laugh the whole time. We giggle the whole time, like little kids and just, and just go, why are we laughing right now? It's because we so believe that God is huge and that he's commissioning That's people it. into danger zones to bring transformation. But there is that thing that I love. I, I knew a little bit of your story, but I didn't actually know that I love that they called Aurora the city of transformation because there's something about when you're engaging your faith. And that's one of the things I love about being around you and seeing you and watching you is you're not just um, trying to get people saved, which is beautiful, but you're trying to see transformation and you're trying to see, and you're hearing yes. God in ways that causes governments to shift or, or culture to shift, or like you're saying, atmosphere to shift. And I think, I don't think a lot of people when they think about the prophetic think about the big picture. And I love how you're thinking exactly. about like, how do we like the, meeting with a person in the grocery store is not the big picture. And if the, if your picture is, I'm just trying to get someone saved, you may not be uh, changing the whole atmosphere. But if your picture is, you're yeah. part of a city, and if you get changed, you're going to change the part of the city that you, you know, that you can affect. And I just change the atmosphere through you because you might be the governor's daughter that I'm just talked to and I didn't even know it. And you're getting healed right now or you're getting set free. And then you go home and it starts to, it starts a ripple effect, whoever it is, you know, and I don't think most people think of the big picture that way, but I love your kingdom theology, which comes across in the way you pursue hearing God and, and even the fact that you're in Afghanistan. Tell us how you went to Afghanistan you know, what, what motivates you to go to the Middle East? Cause you're a big white guy. You're not like, you know, <laughs> uh, a, a Middle Eastern or you don't look like you could be Jesus in a film. <laughs> no, no, 
I would be more of a portly Jesus. <laughs> so funny. No, I'm just saying you don't have olive skin. You don't uh, have, you know, you're, uh, you're going to stick no. out. If you go to the Middle East, you're going to, like, I'm six foot six or six foot four. <laughs> and I'm going to, I'm going to stick out as a big old pasty white yep. skin guy. Whenever I yep. go to the Middle East, I stick out. People like look at me and kids touch me because I'm so tall. They just want to touch me and see like, are people <laughs> really like, look at his shoes and they'll just freak out. But like this white walking tower, <laughs> how does it move? Totally. But um, tell me about just going there. Yeah. Like, what was the God directive? Well, for me, it it, it became uh, you know a lot of people you know asked me. They said you know you've to go to a really dangerous place like that. I mean, a- Afghanistan is like the most dangerous. And I mean, it, it'll it'll kind of go back and forth between you know when. There's more upheaval in Syria, and they kind of trade back and forth. But one of the things that I really felt is I thought, you know, going into this, and a lot, you better have had a clear word before you go to a place like that. You better have a, a clear word from the Lord to go. And I'm like, yeah, I had a really, I've actually had four really clear words. It's called Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus said, go. Yeah. And so if we really believe that, if we really believe that and have and 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 believe that look god is in hot pursuit and i remember my kids praying for me one time when going uh it was i think it was the first trip to iran and um they were praying you know as daddy takes jesus to iran as he takes jesus there to iran i stopped them and i said daddy's not taking jesus to iran jesus has been in iran for 2000 years working and in hot pursuit of the iranian people Daddy's just going and joining in with what Jesus is already doing in Iran because he's been in an active hot pursuit, you know, for 2000 years. And when we get that perspective that we're not I don't have to bring anything to the table. I just join in with what the spirit of God is already doing there and what the voice of the Lord is already doing in That's that place. So good. I'm just I'm just participating. I'm joining his hot pursuit. So yeah, we uh, we got. It's really interesting because I had, I had been contacted before my first trip in 2017 by a CIA agent oh, wow. <laughs> who told me <laughs> he had found out uh, I had posted something on the on the social media about going to Afghanistan, and he called and he was like, you know, you can't do this, you know, and he says, you know, are you aware that you know all these warnings that are on the State Department, you know, and that Afghanistan's at the top of those warnings. Warnings. You know, he's like, your insurance won't pay out your life insurance if they kill you. You know, they don't they don't pay no matter what. Um, and he said, you know, because it's on the State Department's watch list and all these things. And he kept going on and on. And, and he's like, you know, uh, Taliban is going to take you. He goes, they're going to uh, they're you know, they're going to torture you. They're going to ultimately kill you. He goes, if ISIS gets you, they're going to cut your head off. They're going to, you know, Jeez. make a video of it. He goes, they want somebody like you before they want a the vice president or a general in the army because you're an internationally known Christian leader. And he keeps going on. And I finally stopped and I said, or the greatest revival that has ever hit the Middle East since Jesus is going to break out. And when it does, I just made your job a lot easier for you. And he goes, hang on. And I heard a click on the phone. And I was like, what is that? I later figured out it was a recorder stopping. And he goes, Robbie. Now, before that, it was Mr. Dawkins, Mr. Dawkins, Mr. Dawkins. He says, Robbie. And I said, yeah. He goes, you have to go to Afghanistan. Wow. And I said, what? 
And he goes, he goes, I've read your book. And I said, which one? And he said, do what Jesus did. He goes, what you're talking about is living out the book of Acts. He goes, it'll work. It, he goes, I know it. He goes, I've wow. been in, I've done many times to Afghanistan. He goes, matter of fact, I'll be there in six months. He said, are you taking any security with you? And I said, no. I said, I don't want to do that. I, said, I have friends who do that. I respect them. And, you know. What, what you know, whatever they feel the Lord speaking to them, I said, but I don't want to do it if the underground church can do it, if they can't do it, because if they can't do it and I'm going in doing something and I said, I just have to be honest, it's really hard for me to imagine the Apostle Paul going in with the 50 millimeter gun strap on top of a Humvee <laughs> that he's riding in. It's just hard for me to see it. Yeah. I'm not putting anybody down in that. I mean that. We're going to kill our enemies is, as we go in. <laughs> exactly. I mean, talk about, you know, talk about reviving the crusade. You know, I mean, that would do it right there. But going, you know, but really saying, you know, man, we're going to be. And I told this guy, I said, I'm totally dependent on the Lord. And I said, and and if I perish, I perish. You know, I mean, and there's there's something that we've got to get back to in the church. I mean, so much of our prayers are consumed by self-preservation. Absolutely. So much of it is is keeping safe and being in this place of safe safety. I've had lots of talks with Lou Engel about this and and how that, you know, we've got to shift the church away from that pursuit. Because if you, man, if you pray prayers of safety, it'll get you killed. But if you if you will if you're willing to spend your life for the sake of the gospel, the scripture says Jesus promises, he goes, you'll have life like you'd never imagined. You'll look you'll live life to its absolute fullest. And and this pursuit of self-preservation has depleting it has been depleting the church of true faith, and it's really been, you know, pulling out of us that place of faith and risk and stepping out and expecting God to show up. So when we went there, uh, you know, uh, and, and it's interesting because he all of a sudden I heard a click again, and he goes, now, Mr. Dawkins, you understand you can't go to Afghanistan, even though he's sitting there telling me while the while the recorder's <laughs> off that, That's go, awesome. go, 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 go. That's awesome. And so when, I, when we get there, like literally— and he kept telling me, he says, you know, they watch the flight manifest. They know when you land. They, you know, all this stuff. Well, on the first trip, we, we really didn't have any trouble. I mean, we, we, I say we didn't have any trouble. We were, I was held at gunpoint two different times, one mm. by a police officer and one by a, by a military guy, which um, you sort of see in, in, and uh, finger of God too. We they they had to change it be, to keep the people who I was training safe, because I was going in. I was train doing trainings during the day, and then in the evening we would go out at night because I went during the middle of Ramadan. Oh wow! And I I had felt prompted. Now that part I felt prompted by the Lord to to go during the most dangerous time. That it would be that it would really demonstrate how much God shows up and how the Father is participating and that we're not just doing this on our own, but that he's actively participating as we step out. And all of them there, one of the things that they do in that part of the world is they say that they take the seven years before meeting somebody, before they even tell them they're a Christian, and then they'll take another seven before they share the gospel with them Oof. and and That's yeah brutal. and so 14 years 14 years and i told them i said guys we're going to shrink 14 years down to 14 minutes yeah and they said how how's that and i said it's called living the book of acts i said we're going to step out and we're going to live the way they did it in the book of acts and we're going to trust the lord and we're going to demonstrate his power and we're going to get words from the lord we're going to we're going to see healing happen all of this is going to be something that we are going to 
disarm the enemy by stepping out and doing this in the most dangerous time of year. And most of the missionaries and NGO workers leave during Ramadan. And and in 2017, how they started Ramadan was ISIS set out uh, set off an explosion outside of the German embassy, killing uh, over a hundred people, injuring over two hundred. And that was four days before I left, Sean. Wow. To go there. But when I was landing, man, you know, this is just so, this is how our God works. As I was landing, or I mean like an hour before landing into Kabul, the flight attendant said, Mr. Dawkins, would you like a magazine? And I said, yes. She handed me a Time magazine. And on the front was the president of Afghanistan. And on Time magazine, it said, Afghanistan is the front line. And I said, yes, Lord. Man, wow. I heard that as a directive from the from God saying, we've got to make, and I'm telling you this, I know, I know the Lord has shown me that if we do what we're supposed to do, we will see Afghanistan as a Christian nation in 10 years. Wow. I know it. I know it. I know I've heard it, but there's a responsibility on, on our part. Like you said, you're, uh, you, the stuff you're doing and your guys are doing in Syria and in Iraq, these are all places where we're, we're wanting to work too. And, if, and, and I know, and we've already got con- some connections there and pulling together to train them, to take them out on the streets. And that's the thing is what we were doing in Afghanistan is taking them out on the streets, showing them it's easier. It's easier. I mean, you know this. It's easier giving a, a prophetic word to an unbeliever. It's easier seeing an unbeliever get healed than it is a believer to get healed. I mean, they get healed faster. Yeah. It happens quicker. Well, they don't it have just, the construct of like they're not just judging you or trying to figure out what you're doing. They're, they're exactly just confused and excited. <laughs> and I and I also think I think the enemy is 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 resisting them less. That's my personal take. Is I think he's resisting them less. He's fighting harder against the believers too, keeping them confused with different theologies or different perspectives. But with with the unbeliever, he, he's like, oh, I got them. So he doesn't even put up as strong a resistance. And so I think with them, like seeing them get healed faster, anybody who steps out and does healing, you know, like in a power evangelism type way, they know that that's true, that you'll see unbelievers get healed faster than believers. With prophetic ministry, there's just, it, it goes further. It makes a greater impact. So we were setting out to, to demonstrate that. And so we were training during the day, going out at night. But as, as I was saying, I, I within landing, within 45 minutes of landing on my second trip, we got pulled over uh, by the military. They were clearly watching our tags when we left uh, the airport pulled us over within 45 minutes, uh, held us, uh, interrogated us. And of course, they're wanting all this information. Where do you meet? You know, who who are you meeting with? Give us names, give us locations. And and we were just, you know, saying Muhammad, you know, because that's like saying Al, you know, in that part of the world. So funny. Um, and so we, were, we weren't giving them anything. And finally, this guy kept telling us our commander's going to come in. He's going to put a bullet in your head. You know, um, you know, because we we got you. We know we know what you're here to do. All this stuff, and then when the commander showed up, like three three and a half hours later, he comes in, and he's holding our passports, and he walks up to me. 
Now, I had told everybody, I said, don't say my name, Robbie Dawkins. In my passport, it's Robert. And I said, don't say Robbie. I said, because if they if they Google Robbie, there's all these conference stuff comes yeah. up, these video clips from the movies comes up, all that stuff. And I just said, just say Robert, you know. And so the guy walks up to me and he and he's got uh, passports and he goes, I'm really sorry. And I think his next words are, I'm going to have to kill you. And he looks at me and he goes, I'm really sorry. He said, we had no idea who you were. And I'm like, who am I? <laughs> like, who <laughs> like, am I? Wait, if you, what does that mean Wait a you? minute. <laughs> if you know who I am, it's all over. You're definitely killing us. You're definitely. And he goes, he goes, he goes, please forgive us. He goes, uh, we're going to let you go. He goes, As a matter of fact, we're going to give you, um, you know, he goes, we're going to give you an escort to your hotel. And they did. We had a military escort to the hotel. <laughs> what to were, this what day, Sean, you, you don't know. I have, have no, no idea. idea. God, if I slightly work? ask, then I tip it off. Well, then the next day, this is so crazy. The next day, the police come and pick us up. And he told us, he goes, now we had to notify the police. He goes, I can't do anything about that because it's a totally different, you know, like administration and stuff like that. He says, but he goes, from our part, we're really sorry. He goes, but... You know, he goes, we, he goes, we don't know what they'll do. And they brought us in for another two and a half, three hour uh, interrogation, asking us all these questions, same questions over and over. And then finally they were like, well, we don't know why the military let you go, but but they we can't seem to get a straight answer. But we're going to go ahead and let you go because they let you go. But we're watching everything that you do and we're keeping an eye. We know what you're here to do. And, and they, they never told us what we were there to do. We were selling them. We were there visiting friends. And and so we were just like we get back to the hotel and and they've got a, a guy with an you know an AR uh, AK forty seven standing outside of our door all night long, and so we're like, Lord, you know, we met with the leader, our our main leader guy there, um, through the back entrance of coming through uh, the hotel. Uh, because he knew some people and he came in and we sat down uh, at, at at breakfast and he goes, he said, what do we do? He goes, we're going to have to cancel all the meetings. We're going to, you know, he goes, we, we, it's all, it's all gone. We can't do this. If they're watching us that I said, no, I said, we're going to pray and the Lord's going to run interference and God's going to take care of this thing. I said, wow. he, I said, guys, here's the thing. I said, if Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego had rebuked the flames, the king would have never had a revelation of Christ. In the fire, Christ is revealed. I said, we wow, just got to look for what so Christ good. is doing in this fire. And so we said, Lord, this is your trip. This is your event. All this is yours. The next day, we just, we just, we, the only thing is we didn't do anything that day. The next day, we were going to resume. Front page of the paper, front page of the Kabul Times. Uh, I, I have the picture of it. I brought the paper home, actually. But it says, uh, the president announces the move uh, from the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Now, we're sitting there going, oh, dear God, not now. Like, totally supportive of the decision, but dear God, not now. Not not while we're here. Not We know what that means. It means riots. It means all this other stuff. And we're like, oh, no. Like we're like, Lord, we we like asked you to confuse the council of Ahithophel, That's not to rain down. And here's what happened: riots did break out. The guard left. 
never saw the police, never saw the military ever again. We were freely ministering out on the streets of, <laughs> uh, in Kabul, Afghanistan, and there was not any bloodshed during that riot. That has wow. never happened in Kabul history. They said not a lot one, of any, confusion. Just, That's amazing. Yeah. Just burning American flags, death of the great Satan, you know, screaming out stuff. But the police and the and the and the military were so preoccupied with the with all of that that we were freely ministering in the streets, freely training people, taking them out, showing them the ropes, and and demonstrating. And man, it, it all boils down to this, you know. And, and and saying all of that stuff, none of that is a is a political statement whatsoever. It's a kingdom statement of if we'll just rely on the Holy Spirit in those times, and rather than trying to scramble or even even to distort information further uh, or, or something like that to try to get out of it, we could miss an opportunity of what God's trying wow. to do in that. I love you that know? because I do feel like there's a lot of people who. In pressure, they 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 get into situational ethics where it's like they get into like yes. lying about why they're there and whatever. And I mean, there's just times where you just have to say, "This is who I am, and this is what I'm doing." And it's just, and it's and we told them, we told them we were Christians. We told them we were. They found the Bibles, but even on the first trip, the same thing. When I mean, I'm 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 staring down the barrel of a of an AK-47 you know, five feet away from me. And the guy's got it pointed right at my chest. They, they took the camera off of our cameraman and they're looking through and they're like, we got, not only is that going to get us killed, it's going to, they're going to go back and find everybody on that camera and kill them all. And I just extended my hand and I said, I release to you the peace of Jesus Christ. And then it, Sean, in my mind, that was just me sort of forgiving these guys. Yeah. Like I literally thought we're about to die. And you know what's amazing to me? I've been there probably about 10 times in my lifetime where I've been literally at the point of death. And each time I'm shocked at the peace that comes over me at that moment. That just a, It's just a, a sense of peace. And I just said, I release you the peace of Christ. But you know, this kingdom, it's, it's many refer to it as the upside down kingdom. This is a kingdom where peace is a weapon of mass destruction. Wow. This is a kingdom where love is. A, and the guy drops his head to the side, just like the buffalo in, in Crocodile Dundee, <laughs> when he does his hand and, and he drops to the ground. And the guy's head drops to the side and he looks and he says, Give him the camera back. They can go. Wow. Wow. And I, I looked at him. Now, I wish I could have said, I wish we had this on film. We didn't because they took the camera, you know. But the, he, he looks and he goes, he goes, no, but we got him. They're proselytizing. They're doing, you know, and they had just killed a guy two weeks before at that very spot. And the reason why we were at that very spot is because we were coming there to take three. Wow. I had taught them that. I had talked to them about the wow. revenge of God. I said, we're going to take three. And so the guy drops his head. And he goes, I said, they can go. Wow. He said, give them the camera back. I'm letting them go. And he gave us the camera back. And we jumped in the car, man, and we're driving away. And the Afghans were so stoked. They were like, where are we going now? Where are we? I mean, these guys were just <laughs> we're cowering. For everything. That's awesome. They were. They were scared to go out that morning. But, you know, but then as they saw the Lord rise up, as they saw God is well, with us, he's Emmanuel. You know? Let me say this because I feel like when we're, you know, this podcast, we're exploring the prophetic. I think sometimes people hear your stories at this stage of where you're at in life. 
and they forget the process. And you even told us a little bit of an Aurora. Oh, you, man, told yeah. us, you didn't even tell us the beginning stories that were, you know, before that, but they forget the process that you do kill a lion and a bear first. Like there's something of what you hear from God today so and good. act on, even if you're just in a coffee shop affects your level of faith 10 years from now. And what you say yes to now changes and transforms your life and ability to love people later. And so I think like a lot of people, they feel, they hear your stories now and they're like, well, you know, I'm never going to be in Afghanistan, nor would I want to be. And that's just, I love hearing these stories, but they don't apply it to their own faith. They don't say that matters to, to them in the same way. They just really enjoy it. They're so glad for God. They're so glad for Robbie Dawkins, but it's not the same. But I just think of like, I was just a little, you know, 17, 18 year old, Listening to God, trying to go after words of knowledge so that people could really get, you know, changed and dreaming about like what would happen if God spoke to like a movie star or if, or if God gave me a word for like a billionaire or a president. And I just was faithful at the grocery store. <laughs> you know, like I was just faithful exactly. in my youth group. And I, now I'm like, to the, this morning I was, you know, invited to on the White House, one of their calls for President uh, Trump wow. for anti-abortion so cool. stuff that he's talking about. I was just one of many people listening in and connecting, but I just, you know, like I've, I've been invited to so many conversations that I wouldn't have been a part of if I didn't take steps of faith when I was younger to say, you know, yeah. I, I'm just going to believe you for who you are. And so I, I, I hear that in your story, like there's a progression to where now Afghanistan, the enemy of Af- Afghanistan's not your enemy. Satan is, but the, the people there are not your enemies. And so you're, you're just That's available right. to God's love, which is like these guys who the policemen, and I've, I've had friends who the policemen take them in, you know, in Congo or different countries yeah. and the policemen get saved. You know, like I remember walking through, um, Korea, we were walking through the border of North to South Korea because we had gone up to um, this Diamond Mountain resort that's up there that you know millionaires in Korea go to, and it's like one of the only places in North Korea that you could pass over, but you have to be with somebody who you know knows someone type thing. It's a golf course and stuff. And we went there to pray, and on the way back, one of the guys from North Korea pulled me aside and pulled me into a back room, and there's seven guys in there, and they said, "Tell us everything that God has shown you about North Korea." And I had no idea why they were bringing me in there. I thought I was in trouble. I thought, oh, no, they know I'm a Christian. They know I'm (laughs) about North Korea. This is going to be intense. Like, they've seen the media. They've seen me with President Lee from South Korea. I was literally afraid until they looked at me and they said, tell us everything that, that God's showing you. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, these are believers in North Korea who are believing that there's going to be a breakthrough. And it was wild. And so I tell them for two hours, I'm with them. And my friends think... I'm being like, you know, I'm in trouble. I'm going to go to jail. I just watched an episode of Locked Up Abroad. I don't know if you've ever seen that show, but it's like the worst show. Shows regularly. For Americans. Regularly. Like, oh, totally. Shows Americans like what it's like to really be locked up in like maximum security prisons in other countries. And so I just, so I'm, I'm in there terrified. Like, I don't want to be locked up in North Korea in a prison camp where I just move boulders all day. God, please. And they come in and they're like, tell us everything that God's shown you, you know? And I'm like, this is amazing. And they let me out two hours later. My friends are like, what happened? I go, let's just go back to South Korea. Come on. Let's just go. We get back and we're at, <laughs> I, I forget the Four Seasons or some some really swanky hotel sitting, you know, in, in the some suite, like presidential suite in this hotel that one of the guys had rented. And I'm like laying on the couch, like, I can't believe I'm okay. That Thank was so awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you never know. Cause to me, it's like, I think of what I'm it's learning true. is like, there's literally no human that's my enemy. It's, it's only the it's enemy it. that's my enemy. So in these opportunities, I'm looking at going, okay, God, how do we, how do we have faith, the same kind of faith that we have in the church, 
in worship time when we say, I surrender everything, how do we apply that faith when we're in a more of a dangerous position or we're in like a, a position where we can't be self-serving or we can't, maybe it's about exactly. we're trying to get the job promotion. It's no longer about us getting job promotion. It's about the company and what God wants to do, that kind of stuff where it's just different. But okay, I'm going to take us off that subject, not Afghanistan, but tell me about, um, cause you're going to Iran and you have this heart to raise something up in Iran. This is one of the reasons why, one of the main reasons why I wanted to hear from you even today, cause this is radical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, several years ago, uh, the Lord began to really speak to me. I mean, it first started with Iran. Um, I had a real passion and, and, um, like I, I really, I ran, Iran. Iran. I'll say it the right way. I'm so like, <laughs> I don't know. I uh, have a flock of seagulls song in my head right now. When you, every time you say it, <laughs> sorry, I'm so like, <laughs> no, it's okay. Say everything wrong. <laughs> and it, you know, when I first started hearing uh, stuff uh, that was happening in Iran, and I was I was I was in Armenia and Yerevan, um, I had had a heart for it for some, some time, but I began to, um, I, I had this sense that there was a, a the Iranians that I was meeting with were were really believing that there was going to be a change in the government and change in stuff, but I I, I kind of had the sense that wasn't the case. I mean, and then later that night I had a prophetic dream where I realized that it wasn't. And now I realize who I saw was Ahmadinejad and, wow. and that whole regime. And I, I had this sort of sinking feeling, but I, I gave one of the guys um, a, 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 my wedding band, and it's the actual wedding band that I got married with. And um, I, I asked my wife beforehand, she's, she's super cool. And she said it's, it was fine, but I gave it to him. I said, I want you to hold on to this. I said, because I'm coming to Tehran to retrieve it when we could freely proclaim Jesus in the streets. And wow. he began to weep, you know, and, and you know, the guys in that part of the world, they're, they're so passionate. I love them because they have a deep passion. And he began to weep and he took the ring and he said, thank you. He goes, I will hold on. I said, I'm coming to Tehran and I'm going to retrieve this uh, from you in Tehran. And the Lord began to really show me that there was amidst the difficulty that they were going to go through with that, uh, with Ahmadinejad's administration, that there was going to be a, a, a actually a sort of an explosion happen in the church, in the underground church. And, you know, the enemy hasn't figured out in all these thousands of years that, man, when you persecute the church, it grows. And yeah. when you come against them, you're not, he, he still hasn't figured out, it is the unstoppable force. And and the, the kingdom of God is the unstoppable force. It is absolutely unstoppable. And and so it has, it has grown. And with that, you know, I began to develop more and more relationships through different ways. Um, I can't say them here, but uh, began to develop uh, relationships and, and uh, even made trips there. And there's, there's, it's really cool because there's, there's ways that you can do that and be there. And one of the things that I found was it didn't really, I mean, if you go and here's a big key to it. I said it earlier, there's something about shifting the atmosphere that when you go there and uh, you know, people like Marilyn Hickey years ago, back in the, in the nineties, uh, you know, took trips just to intercede and to pray yeah. and things like that. And other people uh, have taken, you know, prayer walk trips and things along those lines. But when you go there and you actually pray for the Iranian people, something happens. You're planting a seed in that atmosphere. And I believe it's really dethroning the enemy. It's that whole Luke 10, you know, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. 
because you're stepping out and you're doing kingdom activity in, in a place where it's forbidden, that something gets unleashed in that area, in that atmosphere. And, um, and so just even from that standpoint, and what began to happen is we began to hear back the, the testimonies that everybody's hearing now of people having, you know, visions of Jesus or dreams of Jesus, Jesus appearing to them in the middle of the night. And I really believe that something was taking place as these very faithful believers uh, were going and doing things, moving past their fear, moving past, uh, you know, those things that would hold them back and just trusting the Lord, that the Lord's going to show up and he's going to move and he's going to, and something's going to be deposited and it's beginning to happen. And now we've got, I would love to tell you where it's at, but we can't, but there's, uh, I mean, we're, we're going to see a thousand Iranians gather together, um, for training, for equipping. Wow. Um, and it's going to be, let me say this because I don't us. think a lot of people who are listening would know how miraculous that is. Like to have a gathering bigger it's than huge. 75 in Iran, Iran, sorry, would be um, astronomical. So a thousand leaders who are going to go through training is pretty much a good portion of all leaders in Iran right now for Christianity. That would be it's, the majority. It's, it's massive. And, and, and through there's the enemy has worked really hard to disrupt things through, you know, uh, sad to say, but with a lot of the underground churches, especially, I mean, all of them everywhere have struggled with different things of, of hierarchy or different issues of, of, um, you know, be feeling threatened and things like that. But there's something when they've, when they've heard the, and they've seen the fruit of, of people that are, um, you know, new to faith or people that have been in faith for a while, all of a sudden stepping out, giving prophetic words in the streets, seeing healing happen, it's caught their attention. So what we're, we're ultimately, we're, we're, we're wanting to do some intensives this year to do some school intensives in Iran, Iraq, uh, back in Afghanistan, in Syria, uh, to where that we're in Armenia, to where we're drawing people together and using it, it, it's, you know, Charlie Wilson was a, 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 a congressman who started uh, the original sort of funding of the Taliban to fight against the Russians. And one of the things that that he made as an argument, he says, I can't pay for the American government to go against the war with the with the Afghans or with or with the Russians, you know, in Afghanistan. He goes, but the troops are already there. They just aren't armed yet. And that's what the Lord spoke to me. The wow. troops are there in these countries. They just don't know the weapons they have. They don't know the authority they have. They don't know the power that they have to operate in. They, they see that as for spiritual elite or for certain people. But we've got to let them know this is the authority that you have and to physically take them out on the streets like we did with the Afghans, like we did with the Iranians, to literally take the Syrians out, to literally take them uh, in places to demonstrate this is the authority that you have in Christ. This is the power to train them, yes, and to, to show them. Uh, you know, I had so many Iranians who, who told me that they thought healing would invite demonic attack. And, and so they've stayed away from it because of fear of it rather than stepping out into it and realizing, no, this is how we fight. You know, when Jesus said, I came to destroy the works of the evil one, he did that through uh, prophesying to people. He did that with the woman at the well. He did that through healing the sick. He did that through multiplication of food. That's how he destroyed the works of the evil one. And so 
giving them that understanding that this will shift the atmosphere, this will break down the attacks of the evil one, and it will give people an awareness, the reality of who Jesus is, that he is God, and that he is here to operate in power, and that he loves you. That, 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 that Muslims are not our enemies. There are, are, are opportunities. That radical uh, Islam is not our enemy, but it's our opportunity That's to so bring good. the truth and the reality of who Christ is and to see them turned around. And, you know, it, it's like what you said before. I say this all the time. Changing the world starts across the street. Changing the world starts with the atheist neighbor beside us. It's, for me, it started with my Buddhist neighbor living beside me. It starts when we shift from the thinking of those people to here's an opportunity. Yeah. When it's the clerk at the grocery store, when it's the guy at the post office, and just stopping and saying, you know, uh, just uh, something that's encouraging and asking the Lord to give us something encouraging to speak to them or praying for their healing or demonstrating, you know, his, his manifest presence by praying uh, joy and peace on them. You know, it's it starts there and then it quickly moves to uh, these other things. I have so many young people saying, hey, I want to go with you to the Middle East. I want to, I'm like, yeah, when your local group leader of whatever, you know, church or, or Christian group you're a part of lets me know you're doing it at home, then I'll take you with me. That's so Because good. they've got to know that that's where it begins. It doesn't begin yeah. in the in the Middle East. It begins right where we're at. That's it's funny because some of the missionaries we have, you know, we we're only in conflict zones. So some of the missionaries we have, people have asked, like, I'm going to be a missionary, and how do I get involved in your process? And how do you? Because my organization, you know, that I'm involved with, doesn't really trust us to go to those kinds of places, or they don't want to go to those kinds of places. And I'm like, there's a reason for that because you have to hear God yeah. to go to these kinds of places. You have to actually be yeah. commissioned. You have to be assigned. And if you don't do that locally where you're at and build fruit and traction there, it's going to be really hard. Because there's times, I mean, we've had, you know, I think of Cassandra or Joy or different ones who, Melania, who, um, I mean, Cassandra specifically, and you haven't met her yet, but you're going to love her, gets dead dropped in the middle of, you know, war zones in different areas and does assessments from the United Nations. But if she doesn't call by a certain point, we have to spend a lot of money to get her, the United Nations to go in and get her out and retrieve her. And she might be dead at that point. Wow. But we trust her yeah. enough to where, you know, we just we just have trusted her for its 10-year relationship now to where we know her and her husband Edison, they're like, if they hear from God, their life is saved and the team's life is saved. But it's worth for them to go versus a lot of people who just go out of good heart. And that's just so different. But I want to I wanna just focus on this because Iran, one of the, th the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show right now is because you guys are coming up to your Iran dates. And if you listen to the show years from now, it'll still be relevant. But... For those of you who are listening to it in its first round iteration uh, for this episode, one of the things that I really feel like people in America specifically, but all over the world who are listening to this, should do is give financially to people who are thinking about bringing transformation to the Middle East. Because there's so many biblical prophecies that are even over Iraq and Iran that haven't been fulfilled yet over That's the territories. True. And there's, there's things that God wants to do with people groups that are being marginalized by the church because we look at them as just Muslim. So we look at them as the opposite of us or the enemy versus seeing them as these are our brothers and sisters who are under a system that we don't agree with, but we love them. And you're about to do this transformation effort with these over a thousand leaders. And I just believe it's an opportunity for us to raise finances for you to send you to go. So how do we do that? How, how do people give to what you're doing? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, we have our website, uh, Robbie Dawkins, R-O-B-B-Y, it's with a Y, not an I-E, <laughs> RobbieDawkins.com. And in the on the first header, uh, the, on the front page of it, the main page, there's a little, um, just a little uh, window in there that says International Life Core School. And that's the name of our school. Uh, school is Life Core School. And it's sort of like Peace Corps, you yeah. know. Um, and so... Um, that if they just click on that, they can give their um, if if they mistakenly go to our partner page, uh, somebody from our our team will contact you and you know ask you if you meant it to go towards the life course school. Either way, it's 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 perfectly fine. But with that life course school, um, that's that's where that's where we are receiving funds in order to help have that have have that happen the thing is is and i'm so glad you're bringing this up because it's it's going to require i mean you know how it works in that part of the world sean the, these guys one of the biggest forms of persecution is in economics so these people they can't afford yeah. to come from across the country you know guys coming up from shiraz and coming up from these other places uh the afghans i, I mean we've got to get them there we've got to house them we've got to feed them it's it's going to be something that's that's a challenge uh to do so i mean it's it's not just you know hey let's put out a blurb and people are going to show up it's we have to physically be involved in coordination uh you know to be able to get them there and we're doing that uh we're we're looking at in the summer doing three intensives our goal to cover the 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 three intensives uh and and this is I mean, you, we have narrowed it down to the most bare bones money possible, but ninety thousand uh, dollars to do that, and that's getting people there, things like that. I mean, it would be great if there was extra to cover our expenses, you know, on top of that. But right now, we're just focusing on them, you know, and and getting them uh, there. But we really. I really am grateful that you're bringing this up because, I mean, we really need all the help that we can get. And it's really been hard because, I mean, so much in the West, uh, there's been so much prejudice. Even if when people hear about the church uh, in these parts of the world, I think they've been a little suspicious. Is it really happening? Is it really going on? And it is. They're thriving. They're yeah. alive. They're they're really wanting to learn. But the problem is, is that they're so pumped full of fear and, and we've got to demonstrate to them. We've got to put it. We got to put boots on the ground. We've got to step out. Let them see it happen. In it, it can't, we can't just take them out of dangerous places. We've got to because when we do that, they don't see it happen in their context. Yeah. And so we've got to do it within their context. Um, to where that they see what's taking place, they see what's happening, and they see us being willing to step out. They see me going out to do it. And that's so crucial uh, for them because it's it's just so important. But the Lord is, man, God is in hot pursuit of that part of the world. And it's just, it's up to us to respond. So anyway, if they go to RobbieDawkins.com and just see that um, that little window where it says at the top of the page, International Life Course School of Ministry in uh, the Middle East, that's it. And, and our objective is to eventually uh, do a full-blown school um, to where that uh, both in uh, Erbil, Iraq, and and also in Yerevan, Armenia, uh, training and 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 sending uh, people as teams into more of these places as they wow. get trained as well. So that's well, I, that's our ultimate. I just goal. know this is such a unique opportunity for people who are listening who are 
wondering. Sometimes we, we ask you. God, what are you doing, Lord, with the Islamic community around the world? How are you reaching them? And when you hear an opportunity like this, when you've asked that question, maybe it was all the way back in 9-11, you prayed in America like for, against extreme terrorism, or maybe it's something that's more mm-hmm. more recent where you're you're praying into you know the politics of the world and you're seeing an invasion of a non-extreme Muslim ideology that's coming into different countries. It's just the opposite of what we feel God wants to bring in. And we love all Islamic people and we don't compare extreme terrorists to a normal Islamic person because it's totally different. But I, I just want to say, you know, a lot of Christians are wondering what can we do? And one of the things that we can do is support the Christians in the Middle East who are building in a real way and bringing that culture, that kingdom culture, that love mentality that only comes from the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I'm so excited about what you're doing. And I so believe that if we support it, that there's there's an inheritance that we're gonna give Jesus in our generation that has just never been given to him before amongst the Middle East. And it's it's his it's his reward. It's it's what he deserves it. And so we And you know, Sean, it. this is so cool because uh people a lot of people don't know this, but Iranians were at Pentecost. Wow. The Elamites, the people from Elam, which is mentioned right in the book of Acts, right in Acts 2, the Elamites were there at Pentecost. And so, um, you know, that is a prophetic statement of, of, of what the Lord is wanting the, to call the Iranian people back to, to call Persian people and all the, all the various tribes and divisions in the Iran to see them come back to, uh, is to that place of encounter and, uh, of the Holy Spirit and the power of God. That's the only thing that's going to, that's going to bring them back around. And, you know, we talked about, I talked about all the scary stuff, but one of the missionaries in Afghanistan after the first trip, she said, she said, I've lived here for 15 years and I saw more people come to Christ in the past four days than I have in the entire wow. past 15 years. And she said, and I saw more people healed in the past four days than I have in my entire life. Wow. And she goes, I've never seen this. And she goes, I never thought I could hear from God. I never thought I could get prophetic words. That's and so I've gotten cool. so many prophetic words and, and nailed it. And I mean, bro, this lady, right after I left, she and a team that I was training, they got arrested and thrown in jail. And they texted me and they said, what do we do? And I said, start praying for the guards, start praying. I mean, man, if this is how we fight, if this is if those are weapons of war, if that's how we destroy the works of the enemy, then start doing it now. Here's the thing. They started praying for the other inmates. They started praying for the guards. By the time the commander came in the next morning, this guy was supposed to take him out back and kill him. By the time wow. he came back in, he says, I've never felt so much peace in this jail oh as I gosh. have when I walked in this morning. Took them back to his wife who suffered with severe migraine. She was instantly healed. Yes. And, and yes. And I mean, it, it is totally, I could tell you more, but I can't tell you more details about that one, unfortunately, but it was incredible. Now, just what God is doing so many house churches out of that first visit. And then so many more after the second visit that I went there, it is ripe. And after the Kurds, what they did in driving out the um, ISIS out of northern part of yeah. Iraq. Yeah. Bro, let me tell you what has happened. I have heard so many, so many of the of, of pastors uh, there that have said that all of the Kurdish people are now saying, we want to know about Jesus. We're done wow. with radicalism. We want to know about Jesus. And so it's just, it, yeah, it's, it's, it's right. I'll say this to you it's just because you, you'll it's like now. it is that uh, Sean Foyt's organization um, burn 24 yeah. hour, 24 seven burn. 
they've been uh, one of their groups is in Iraq right now, and they have a thing called Light a Candle right now, where they're they're just raising money and raising awareness for what God's doing there. But I mean, I, Sean had just got back last year from being out there, and he and he had led like some of the Kurdish generals to the Lord. They took him to the front lines yeah. where ISIS was, and they said we're winning this battle, but but um, but it's been a hard battle. And he goes, well, let's worship right here, God. And God's yeah. going to turn it for you. And after they worshipped, and these generals and commanders and soldiers, this Kurdish Kurdish army, were worshiping God and just having like this beautiful outbreak of the Holy Spirit, they just had so much confidence. And within two weeks, that's when the last you know remnant of the major army of you know yeah. ISIS was moved out. And so I just think yep. it's so be- like we don't get to hear those stories of like these guys are laying down so their true. lives for Christ, and they're just. It's so beautiful. So you are on the front lines, my friend. Like you said, the Afghanistan is the yeah. front lines. Iran is the front lines right now. And I'm just believing Iran. I, I would say Iran. I'm just believing <laughs> that, that uh, we're supposed to go with you in the spirit. So I just pray that everybody who's listening, that uh, all of you would get gripped to either pray with faith to the least, especially if you've had fear. Pray with faith. Pray with faith over people groups that, you know, everyone from the Kurds to the Iranians to the Afghanistan, you know, just all these different people groups, but also so the Syrians who are being pushed out right now and the, yes. the Armenians who've still lost so much, you know, like just different group people groups that mm-hmm. we don't even think about because we're not educated about. Ask God to educate you with his spirit over there, but also Amen. financially send Robbie and his team over there. Financially contribute. You know how to do it now, but let your heart go where you know, let your wall go where your heart's going right now. Let your let your finances go because even if you look at a number like ninety thousand. Well, we'll have ninety thousand people listen to this episode. So if everybody just gave one to ten dollars, it would change their world. So I'm going to encourage you to Amen. give um, and give for real. Like give give as a weapon of warfare against what the enemy's trying to do to destroy people's lives in the Middle East. Give out of a you know a weapon of mass destruction of love that this is a love that's going to come to the school and I'm just so believing for you to be fully not only fully financed for the trips you're doing this year in 2019 but I'm just I do believe that full time school that you want to do and you know that it wouldn't take 10 years to accomplish but I think God's going to accelerate it because it now is the time for the harvest so I believe God's going to accelerate that purpose but thank you so much for being on today Robbie you are you're just incredible I just love how normal you are and just how much you care about things that. You know, you didn't grow up in a social economic understanding of mm-hmm. the Middle East. You know, like you were, you didn't grow up thinking, oh, no, not at Afghanistan. All. But you just kept sending us all. to love, and Jesus is sending you here. And I'm so grateful. So thank you for the story. Thank you for the vulnerability. And you got to come on again. I'd love to. Thank you for this incredible opportunity. You've been a massive blessing to me and my family, and we're so grateful, Sean. We love you guys a lot. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening today. All of our listeners, we love you guys. Please, please, please share this so that people hear about Robbie. Share it on your social media. Share this episode. Share it. We now are on YouTube as well with Charisma Podcast Network. And so if you don't get a normal podcast uh, place to subscribe or to share, you can just go right onto YouTube and search for this episode. And you're going to find Exploring the Prophetic with Robbie Dawkins there. Bless you guys. Have a great day. Have you been enjoying Exploring the Prophetic? Well, you can enjoy it even more by becoming a partner with Bulls Ministries. Everything we're doing with our podcast is made possible by our incredible partners and financial contributors to our ministry. They are helping us to bring the equipment, to upgrade everything we're doing, to have the time and space to do this. It's a free offering we give to you. Maybe you're listening in your shower. Maybe you're listening in your car, your workout. 
Well, I want to continue to do this. I'm going to continue to have these incredible guests tell their prophetic process of how God's spoken to them so you can get a vision of how God speaks to you and also so that other people all around the world can have this resource at their fingertips from their smart device, their computer, their YouTube, whatever they have, that they will have this this incredible resource. So go on the partnership journey with us. As a partner, you're going to receive an email and communication every month from us. We resource you with a partnership page that has literally dozens and dozens of messages that only of our partners have. We also have partnership contribution back to you where we actually give resources. You guys get stuff first. Usually at Christmas time, we have a new book come out. You guys get it before everybody else and you get it signed. I love our partnership program. I love being on a journey with our partners because they are some of our, they're a team, they're our family. They're the ones who are contributing to make this happen. Come be a partner today. Go to bowlsministries.com under giving and membership and you will become a partner.